It was a summer night in Nistar, so he wore a shirt and trousers of light linen, dyed a soft, lustrous black, and made to fit snugly to avoid snagging on thorns or giving handholds to an enemy. His feet were shod with moccasins in the style of the Qualinesti elves' rangers, silent, supple, and also black. He wore sailor's gloves with strips of shark skin woven into the palms for better grip, and light chainmail under the leather and shark skin. He had no subtle sense of touch with these gloves, but for now he wanted his hands protected, not sensitive. Where his shirt revealed his sinewy neck and throat, a dull glimmer of metal also revealed more light mail. A knight of Salamnia or a seasoned officer in Istar's army would have admired that mail, then wondered where its wearer had obtained it. The wearer was alive and free today because he did not linger to answer such questions, even when he could not keep them from being asked in the first place. Around his waist, the thief wore a heavy belt of black leather, hung with various pouches that swayed ponderously and bulged suspiciously. They were rather an odd assortment, some bought in Pursemaker's Square, some acquired during the course of the wearer's night work, and some made with his own hands from properly bought and paid for materials to hold special tools that not one of his craft could be trusted to see. There were more than a few of the last, for the man had been a thief for nearly fifteen years. On his head he wore a metal cap, forged to protect the back of his head and covered with black padding both within and without to prevent chafing and soften blows. It left his ears and the whole of his face, cheeks, and throat bare, except for a carefully applied coat of blackening. Some of the thief's comrades preferred all-encompassing combinations of hood and mask. Pervin thought those interfered with an honest thief's hearing, might slip out of position to block his eyes, and were generally as much hazard as help. Even among those who blackened their faces, there were differing opinions about the best material. Some favored ashes of burned, glorious beans, others elk's milk leaf mixed with dried bilberries, the whole burned while a red robe wizard cast certain minor spells over it. The thief felt that the first wore off too quickly, and that the second lasted forever, and took even longer to pay for. Not all who lived by theft, he thought, were those who actually worked at night. There were more than a few who lived by selling to night workers that which they did not need at prices they could not truly afford. The crouching thief preferred a simple mixture of milk-washed hearth ashes and bear's grease applied generously. It had taken him some years to find a mixture that would keep anyone from gripping his face, but would not shine in the moonlight, which could impartially betray thief or victim. And it did not matter which of the two bright moons cast the light. Virtuous Solinari and neutral Lunatari had at various times both helped and hindered the thief. But he would have no more gone barefaced to a night's work than he would have gone full-armed, The only weapon that shared space on his belt with the purses was a stout-bladed dagger with an even stouter pommel. That pommel had much to do with the daggers seldom having shed blood, as much as did Pervin's distaste for violence. With the dagger reversed and the pommel applied smartly to an opponent's wrist, knee, or skull, it was a rare man who continued fight or pursuit.
if he did not fall down senseless to wake later, in need of healing but not of burying or mourning. The thief was more than a trifle proud of the fact that, though he had in his time profited enough from his night work to afford a manor, had he so chosen, no one mourned kin or swore vengeance for a life he had taken. There were those who had sworn to avenge the theft of every sort of possession, from strong boxes of golden coins to vials of alleged qualinesty love potions. They were rare, however, folk who would avenge their goods, and less dangerous than those who sought blood. Or so experience had taught the man who called himself Pervin the Thief. As with most of the brothers and sisters of the night work, he used no family name to protect both himself and any kin. Tonight's experience would teach a different lesson and set him on a long road away from night work.